Welcome to episode 484. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the pandemic. We're going to talk about a lot of other things. Not quite as many uh, responses as we've been reading on the other pandemic episodes. Um, we're going to mix some other surveys in there. And uh, we do not have a guest today. It's just me. Just me and you guys, the, the stuff that you've submitted through the anonymous surveys. Um, today's episode is sponsored by Archer and Olive. Now is a great time to learn a new hobby, and Archer and Olive is the premier company making notebooks and planners for bullet journaling and creativity. The female-founded company makes the best notebooks out there with really cool designs. Archer and Olive offers tons of free tutorials and printable on the blog. So right now, you guys can get 10% off at Archer and Olive by using code HAPPY at archerandolive.com slash mental. That's archerandolive.com slash mental. Well, I, I took the plunge and <laughs> had my girlfriend give me a haircut. Uh, a word of advice. Don't get your haircut by somebody who is admittedly clumsy. It, how can I describe... The, she took a picture of my head. In fact, maybe I'll post this as the picture for the, the episode, but she took a picture of my head about three quarters of the way through the haircut, and we were laughing so hard. My head looked like if... You know, like when you dump you dunk somebody's head in a toilet and give them a swirly. It looked like that, except instead of a toilet, it was a wood chipper. It's. I went and did one of my online meetings later, and one of my friends messaged me, did you just get out of jail? It made me laugh. It made me laugh. Uh, I believe my girlfriend has the virus. She uh, is about day three of of the symptoms. Um, she got tested. And so since we spent last weekend together, I decided I should probably get tested as well. Plus, I don't know if it's just my imagination, but I've been feeling kind of warm today. But again, it's 96 outside. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, still enjoying the baking. I'm baking some good bread. It is so simple. If you have a Dutch oven, it is so incredibly simple. Uh, sourdough, a little trickier. I'm still, I'm still stumbling over trying to get the starter going. Uh, I almost had it ready, and then I fucked up and I put in water that was a little too hot, and I killed the starter. And now I'm being brought up on charges. <laughs> Having fun in the wood shop. Just finished a bathtub tray for a, a listener that commissioned me uh, to do it. It's fun. I'm 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 kind of refining the practical part of it, the design that keeps it secure on uh, the walls of the bathtub so it doesn't fall off into the water. And uh, I kind of love that that challenge of the problem solving part of your brain logistically being put to work and then the creative part of your brain the that looks at things aesthetically uh trying to find a, a compromise I, I it's one of the few things where i feel like my brain is fully fully engaged 
This is a struggle in a sentence filled out by a woman who calls herself uh, the neurotic nomad and a snapshot from her life, uh, in her struggles with misophonia, which is people that have really, really sensitive uh, hearing and can be driven crazy by certain sounds. She writes, I am ready to kill the coworker who sits to the side of me. She is a selfish, awful bitch who has been goading me for the past several minutes. She wants me to stare at her intently like I want to destroy her. She wants me to complain about her inappropriate behavior to upper management. She wants me to harbor a secret hatred of her from afar. She wants me to punch her or slice her fucking throat. Then she finishes eating her apple and we're all good again until tomorrow. It's so great. Thank you for that. We are sponsored today, as always, by BetterHelp Online Therapy. I don't need to sell you on the merits of online therapy these days. I was a big fan of BetterHelp before this even happened. But uh, I just love not having to leave my house, love my counselor, love how easy the interface is. And I love that I get uh, messages from her throughout the week, either checking in on me or maybe sending me something, uh, that an article she thinks I would enjoy reading. So if you want to check it out, go to betterhelp.com slash mental. Make sure you include the slash mental part so they know you came from the podcast and then just fill out a questionnaire. And if they have a counselor they think is a good fit for you, they will match you up with one. And then you can experience a free, free week of counseling to see if online counseling is a good fit for you and you need to be over 18. And as always, we'll post the links to the stuff I mentioned on the website under the show notes for the episode. This is from the Struggle in a Sentence survey. This is filled out by a woman who calls herself Ranchel Rosbro. And she writes about her depression. My depression feels like my abuser wearing my body as a skin suit. I can feel him inside of me and hear his voice criticizing my every action. About her anxiety. My social anxiety makes my lips feel like they're lifting a 100 pounds like they're lifting a hundred pound weight when I smile. Oh, I, boy, do I know that one. Depression is more uh, the problem for me. Uh, oh man, my God, when I'm when I am depressed, smiling is so uncomfortable. About alcoholism or drug addiction, uh, she writes, "Weed makes me feel like I'm home." Uh, and uh, sex addiction, she writes, "Does masturbation count? How much masturbation is too much?" Uh, I don't know if there's one answer to that, but for me, I know that I'm masturbating too much when I see angels. <laughs> and they're just clicking their tongues and shaking their heads. Just disappointed in me. Uh, but I would say if, if uh, when you go to masturbate and you touch your clitoris and you can feel metal, you might be overdoing it. Um, I'd say if if you notice that uh, deer are milling around your kitchen, you might want to take a take a little break. If you notice that your vulva is crying because of the gossip coming from your butthole, that could be something to look at. And probably, the, I think the best way to know if you're, you're masturbating too much 
is if you receive a strongly worded letter from the clitoris union. And that, let me tell you, from friends I've talked to, that should be taken seriously. It's not technically a cease and desist. These are some answers from the pandemic survey, and these are people's answers to the question, um, if you could spend your quarantine with anyone, who would it be? And these are the answers uh, or responses. A particular ex-coworker I was hot for, and lots of takeout to be consumed in between making out, cuddling, making love, and learning each other's favorite movies and TV shows. You know, one of the things I love is when you enter into a relationship with somebody or you become friends with somebody and you get turned on to all different kinds of books and movies and TV shows. And then you learn a little bit more about them too by what it is that they they like. I think one of the things that I really love about my girlfriend is her taste in art and TV and movies. And, um I wish, and this is somebody else, I wish I was also quarantined with my family. I just want to crawl into my mother's lap and cry and feel her hands gently caressing my cheek. Oh, that's so sweet. I would like to be quarantined with a million dollars to help my family and friends pay their bills and also to online shop, LOL. Uh, My baby, a nanny, and unlimited cocktails, pizza, and baked goods. Tom York, that I understand on the surface why you would want to be quarantined with Tom York because I mean Radiohead's one of my favorite bands. They're amazing, but I don't know if dur- during a depressive time, Tom York would be my choice. The, you know what a pick me up Tom York is, reminding us of uh, the futility of fighting the endless void and the. The ocean of broken dreams and mindless conformity. Uh, This person writes, uh, My son, when he was eight, he could still fit on my lap and he loved to watch Charlie Chaplin movies with me. Oh, that is so sweet. That is so sweet. I can't even remember the last time I watched a silent movie. Maybe the time I couldn't figure out how to turn on my headphones. Does that count? This is an awfulsome moment filled out by Holly Jean. She writes, My ex-husband left me and my 12-year-old daughter because he couldn't, quote, handle a family. We were deeply in love at the time he left, so I flipped out when he left. I really flipped out. I was already in treatment for depression and had been for years, but this sent me over the edge. I couldn't believe he left. I fell into the darkness, full-strength despair, and ended up a few months later in a hospital as I checked myself in after a suicide attempt. Fast forward, 10 days out of treatment, I'm walking outside for a taxi to pick me up in front of the hospital, and as I'm standing on the sidewalk, I see a sign pointing out class was being held to teach about parenting skills in the lower level of the hospital. As I'm standing there, my ex and his new girlfriend walk right by me and into the parenting class. Oh, oh. I can't imagine what a punch in the stomach that felt like. A punch in your non-pregnant stomach. These are answers to the question from the pandemic survey. uh, What, if anything, do you wish for? 
And uh, I'd like to be 25 again. Massive political, cultural change. The well-being uh, of my family and friends. To enjoy something someday. Normalcy. For people to smarten the fuck up and isolate. I want my 85-year-old booby to make it through this. If anything happens to her, we can't even get across the border to say goodbye. This is not the way she goes. I can't imagine how scary that must be. I love this one. For the love of fucking God, someone put Ruth Bader Ginsburg in a bubble until further notice. I would give all my money and possessions and labor just for one hug. Oh, oh, sending you a hug. I know a digital hug doesn't doesn't really match up, but sending you some love. My wish is that when we're finally through this, that we rebuild this country the way we should have in the first place. Less capitalism and more compassion. Amen. Amen. This is an awful moment filled out by a woman who calls herself Loved the Rain. She writes, my uncle had recently been, and I read this one years ago, but I wanted to reread it because it did it's so great. My uncle had recently uh, been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Oh, yes. I just love this. <laughs> you know. You know the deep love we have for stories about pancreatic cancer. And it was a shock to the whole family. While I was never very close to him, I was close with his daughter, in parentheses, my cousin. So I was always at the hospital with her trying to give her support. A couple of weeks after his diagnosis, my cousin, myself, and my dad were sitting in my uncle's hospital room talking. My uncle, who had been basically comatose all afternoon, started to groan and several alarms started going off. It quickly became apparent that he was close to death. As my cousin was holding her dad's hand and watching him take his final breaths, my dad's phone started to ring. His ringtone? Blue Oyster Cults, Don't Fear the Reaper. <laughs> Great song, by the way. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank you that for, uh, for sharing that. These are people's responses uh, to the question from the pandemic survey. Uh, what have you found? Or who have you found, either one, to be the greatest comfort during the quarantine? Uh, my two best friends have helped a lot, and being able to play video games with them online and just video games in general have helped. My coworkers, there's all the usual drama that comes from being a small, insular group, but they are the only ones that are in my exact same position right now. We have a job to do, but we are still cracking bad jokes to get us through the day. My niece plays guitar and posts short videos online. She sings and plays and it cheers me up. I also watch certain artists who are live streaming their performances, which reminds me that there are people who care and are trying to keep us all calm and give us something to look forward to. I stumbled across um, a YouTube video last night that is so amazing. I, one of my favorite songs is the Dolly Parton song, Jolene. And uh, I just felt like hearing it. So I, I Googled it and I was watching different people's covers of it. And then I came across a video of this young woman uh, with this guy playing guitar who looked like her dad. 
and the the woman's name is Alexandra Kay. And oh my God, her version of it, look it up on YouTube. It's apparently after she posted it on Facebook, uh, like in a matter of a week, it got 10 million views. And if you, you watch it, you'll understand why. Uh, this person writes, friends, pets, whiskey. Another person, painting and playing Grand Theft Auto Five. I wonder if we are approaching singularity with uh, Grand Theft Auto, where it will eventually become one and the same, our reality. <laughs> Watching community members band together to provide support in ways that our government is not. My mom and my dog have been my rock. Also online friends who reach out to me and check up on me. My bed is my safe p- space whenever I feel like my negative thoughts are creeping back in. Alcohol has been my greatest comfort, if I'm being honest. It's the only thing that rescues me from my boredom. I can't read or watch TV or movies because my infant won't let me. And then in parentheses, wah. Uh, So I drink. (laughs) This person writes, my cat, music, wanking. They have to be either uh, Australian or English. Texts and emails from friends, especially ones I haven't heard from in a while. My boss wrote a division-wide email today and closed with love and then his name. It felt good to see that kind of tenderness at work. That is sweet. And this person writes, I love the random kindness of strangers. There's so many examples out there if you look at people offering to help neighbors to buy groceries or care for children, etc., or just people putting in kind words for our underappreciated grocery store workers and healthcare workers. It's nice to know that the pandemic hasn't broken the spirit of humanity. Uh, well put. Well put. This is an awful moment filled out by Chelsea. She writes, When I started seeing my old therapist... I read a thousand-plus word write-up of my childhood trauma history as I was seeking help for PTSD. A couple months into weekly sessions, she asked me if my childhood was traumatic. (laughs) She also believed that Planned Parenthood was selling aborted fetuses. Needless to say, I stopped seeing her not long after that. Well, the bad thing about buying fetuses from Planned Parenthood is that to to really get a good deal you got to buy them by the dozen and that is even if you bring your own bag it is still hard to get them to your car this is from the struggle in a sentence filled out by lost in Yorkshire and She suffers from depression, anxiety, bulimia, and compulsive eating. In a snapshot from her life, she writes, Sitting at my desk at my, quote, dream job, wondering if cutting myself might buy me some more vacation time from HR. Oh. Any comments to make the podcast better? Uh, Big fan of over three years, Paul. The podcast has helped me contextualize how I feel over the years and makes me feel a little more heard. If I could, in lieu of a beer, I'd buy you some cashew butter. I would gladly take you up on that. 
but it would have to be raw cashew butter. And if you tried to give me a roasted cashew butter, I would throw it into the ground with every fiber of my being and stomp around. This is from the Struggle in the Sentence survey filled out by Closed Eye Observer. And about his bipolar depression, he writes, I can't even rely upon my depression to be reliable. Oh my God, that was so... Such a great description about his ADD. Sorry, what was that? (laughs) Oh, I love when you guys just perfectly, perfectly encapsulate something. Today's episode is going to be a little on the shorter side. I don't know why I'm apologizing for that. This is an awful some moment filled out by a woman who calls herself Boo Hex. She writes, I struggle with complex PTSD and recently have reached a point in my therapy where I am increasingly getting to the root of things. While this is encouraging for the future and that it means I'm dealing more and more with causes and not just symptoms, it's also causing an uptick in the frequency of my emotional flashbacks. Because in a flashback, I often default into fight mode. My husband and I are finding ourselves in conflict a lot, as I often misconstrue his actions as being similar to the emotional abuse in my past. Recently, after we'd managed to muddle our way through one such challenging interaction, I got up and said I was going to go and have a cup of tea and a flapjack. Except that I actually stood up and announced, with feeling, I'm going to go have a cup of tea and a flashback. Oh, how we laughed. Thank you for that. This is also an awful some moment filled out by a woman who calls herself one of those lesbians. She writes, I went to trauma therapy like I do every Tuesday. Uh, regular therapy is on Wednesdays. And for the third week in a row, I didn't have anything to talk about. I felt happy. I felt like my life was going well. She told me maybe it was time we stopped meeting. At the very least, let's take a two-week break and see what happens. I felt great. I walked out of therapy early, feeling proud of myself. Of course, as I drove to go see friends, the all-out panic began. This therapy had changed my life. How was I going to function without it? Which made me think, when was the last time I had vividly relived my rape before falling asleep? No, seriously, when was it? When was the last time I just checked out and completely disassociated from real life? So I turn up the music and ugly cry tears of joy. I feel this joy and this realization in a way I don't know that I've ever felt before. For the first time in life, I get what you guys are saying when you mean you know you'll get through it. I have my moment now, the moment that whenever anything bad happens, I'll be able to know I can feel that again. I feel so much gratitude for everyone who has helped me on this journey. Yes, that means you too, Paul, just accept the gratitude and move on. (laughs) But also, for the first time, truly feel gratitude for myself. Who knew I could do such a hard thing and be such a fucking badass? Ah, I love that. Thank you for that. That just, that just made my day. From the Struggle in a Sentence survey, Guppy1 writes uh, about his depression, the feeling of a lost, lonely child in a dark, greasy basement. Wow. I would love to 
I would love to hear somebody write a folk song called that and then have Tom York come visit me in isolation and play it on an out-of-tune Spanish guitar. Snapshot from his life. When I was 16 years old, I was taking a nap after school, and my mom chose to wake me up by dumping out the garbage on my bed with me in it. I don't remember why she did it. I do still have nightmares about all the mutual screaming. Oh, my God. That's so fucked up. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. From the Struggle in a Sentence survey... Guy Smiley writes about his seasonal depression, like experiencing a hundred Mondays in a row. (laughs) Oh, what is it about? Yeah, and also the Sunday night depression. Actually, it starts around dusk on Sunday. There is a certain feel to that. And I wonder if it's influenced by that ingrained experience we had as kids of knowing that we have to wake up and go to school the next day. I don't know. This is from the Awfulsome Moments survey filled out by Corey, and she writes, My mom was taking me back to college after being home for the weekend. Halfway there, I completely broke down crying. I was struggling mentally and couldn't handle it. I did not want to go back. She suggested I stay home one more night and go back in the morning. I was embarrassed to go back home to my dad and brother. I thought they would look down on me for being sad for no reason. When I got home, I went straight to the couch and laid down. My brother, 11 at the time, came in the room, looked at me, and said, Yay, Corey is back, and proceeded to jump on me and fall asleep on me. I felt so loved. That is fucking beautiful. God, that's like a little little movie. This is from the Struggle in a Sentence survey, filled out by a woman who calls herself KBO, about her depression, a hot cloud of empty that slows everything down. About her ADD, losing my phone 10 times a minute. About her anxiety, stomach pains, iron shoulders, and never fitting in. Oh, those are good. Well done. Well done. This is an awful moment filled out by Trixie. She writes, A couple of days ago, I submitted a happy moment survey about people howling at 8 p.m. in Colorado. Apparently, it started as a way to let our healthcare workers know that we appreciated them. I just thought it was a lovely way to connect and still is. More and more people are into it, and some are letting off fireworks at 8 p.m., which is ridiculous. Colorado is pretty much constantly on fire in the summer, so fireworks are right out. But still, people are letting off some steam. Lovely. And then I saw this post on Nextdoor, transcribed exactly as written. Please stop howling at 8 p.m. and letting off fireworks. I think you are all doing it for attention because you can, because people are followers and not leaders, because you want to make some social media bullcrap statement, and it's extremely rude and obnoxious. My husband and I are both healthcare professionals, and we have a six-month-old infant who goes to sleep at seven o'clock. Who the hell came up with this stupid fucking idea? Want to honor your healthcare pros? Honor them by letting them get to sleep. 
And then finally, this is a happy moment filled out by a woman who calls herself just whatever at this point. She writes, with everything going on in the world right now, I experienced a brief moment of joy this week at a time when I really needed it. Like many others, I've had all my fun, stress-relieving activities canceled, but I'm still expected to participate in all of life's uh, stressful things with a few more pieces of poop added on top. My husband and I are both in, quote, essential businesses that won't shut down. Essential is in quotes because I'm not sure I fully agree that we are essential. We have both had people with positive cases at our jobs and continue to work on site every day. In an effort to reduce exposure to people, my work has sent about 50% of us to night shift, so now I see my husband for maybe one to two hours per day. This especially complicates things because we are trying to have a baby, which, if we are successful, everyone will think is a COVID baby, but we've been planning this for over a year and the timing is just unfortunate. Last week, we had a false positive pregnancy test, which added some more unnecessary stress to the whole thing. Anyway, when at work, everyone must go outside to eat lunch at midnight in our cars because we cannot congregate and break rooms are closed. Despite being April, it has been stupidly cold and going outside to eat has been miserable. It snowed last week during the night. Twice. The second time after it snowed, everyone was on their way out to their cars in the morning after our shift. All of us were tired and not looking forward to scraping snow off our windshields again. It was at this time that my co-worker turns to me and quietly but seriously says, that we should throw snowballs at one of the managers. For a second, I thought he was joking, but without hesitation, he bends over, makes a snowball, and pelts it straight at the manager. For a moment, I was stunned, but was soon relieved when the snow was thrown back in our direction. Game on. I quickly drop my laptop in my car and take cover behind an SUV. Someone else joins the manager's team's team, and it's two-on-two. This manager has been kind of irritating me lately. I don't think he respects my opinion and he talks down to me sometimes. Not sure if it's because I'm a woman or because I look young or something else, but this must have been in the back of my mind because I've never thrown so accurately in my entire life. I'm talking sniper-like precision from a decent range. I hit him square in the chest and all of the tension I'd been feeling evaporated. He fired back. Missed. I hit him in the upper leg. My teammate then nails the other guy in the face and breaks his glasses. This ends the battle. We had three lethal hits on them and none on us. Victory. This maybe lasted five minutes total, but it was the highlight of my week. I play roller derby and dearly miss the release I get from hitting people and from being competitive with my teammates. This filled that void for a couple of minutes. For that brief period of time, the world wasn't full of serious, scary, and awful things. It was full of playfulness again. It felt so carefree. Although there is nothing normal about throwing snowballs in a parking lot after working a night shift during a pandemic in April, it felt more normal than anything else in the last month. I'm so very grateful for that moment. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much for that. And one more 
Reminder about one of our sponsors, Archer and Olive. Now is a great time to learn a new hobby, and Archer and Olive is the premier company making notebooks and planners for bullet journaling and more. The female-founded company makes the best notebooks out there with super cute designs. And I got one, and they are really cool and really well made. Um, also, Archer and Olive offers tons of free tutorials and printable on the blog. So right now you can get 10% off at Archer and Olive by using happy code, using code happy at archerandolive.com slash mental. Well, I hope you got something out of this week's episode. Has it become repetitive that I say that so many? Sometimes I don't know how to wrap this up. What do I do? What is it? Hey, all right, we're done. Get out of here. Make yourself scarce. Oh, I'm so tired of being worried about making mistakes. It's exhausting. I've been that way my whole life. One of my first memories is being in kindergarten and putting the wrong color into something we were supposed to be coloring. And I just remember crying like my dog had died. And the, the teacher, like, consoling me and actually kind of laughing like she couldn't believe I was so upset that I had made a mistake. And maybe I've gotten better, but it's still so it's so ingrained in me. And I'm tired of it. So, I'm going to end this by making a mistake. This goes all, (laughs) I can't even get out what I'm thinking, and I'm not even sure what I'm thinking, and I'm going to end on that horrible, awkward, stumbling, empty, useless, hideous, unprofessional, pathetic, drawn-out note. And if you're out there and you're feeling stuck, you are not alone. Thanks for listening. Everybody I know is bizarrely beautifully Everybody fucked up I in some weird way. Bizarrely beautifully Everybody fucked up in some weird way. Bizarrely beautifully fucked up in some weird way.